Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. In non-leap year years, this chapter is divided up into two, but in a leap year, for some reason, it is just one we studied all in one day, which is today. So we're, we've been learning, if you wanted to go back and look at previous episodes, we've been learning about the idea of the clothing of the soul, namely thought, speech, and action, which serve as clothes, as garments for the godly soul that allow the godly soul to perform the mitzvahs, the will of God down here in this physical world. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about specifically the greatness of learning about God and learning about God's will and wisdom and how this type of mitzvah, so we, there's lots of different types of mitzvahs like we talked about in previous episodes that encompass the three types of garments. So there's mitzvahs that involve the mind, there's mitzvahs that namely thought there's mitzvahs that involve speaking like speaking words of torah out loud and then there's mitzvahs that involve action and so today we're really going to focus on the mitzvahs that involve the mind and what makes those superior in a certain sense to uh other kind of mitzvahs so the ultra rabbi starts off and he brings up this idea again that we mentioned previously in brief about how it says that there is no thought that can grasp God, which makes sense, right? Because God is really unfathomable and he's really outside of our grasp. But we also talked about how it is that God brought himself down and constricted himself into the Torah and into the mitzvahs to give us that ability to grasp him, which is really a miraculous and kind of unfathomable thing in and of itself and, and somewhat uh, paradoxical. So now in order to understand that, this idea of, you know, God being unfathomable, but somehow we are able to grasp him in some way, the altar of says, okay, we have to understand this idea of intellect in a general sense, whether we're talking about God or, you know, anything in general. So how does intellect work? So the altar of says, when you conceive of a concept, when you're thinking about some kind of idea in your mind, what what's happening, if you really think about it, is that your mind is grasping this concept that you're thinking about and surrounding it in your mind. So, so you know, any, any kind of th- concept that you might be thinking about, it, whether it's, you know, let's say a certain scientific theory, uh, a certain idea that somebody just told you about and you're trying to wrap your head around it. So what's happening is that idea and that concept is your mind grasps the idea and encompasses the entire idea. And then at the same time, another thing happens, which is that this idea becomes vested within you. So there become, there, 
gets to be this kind of at the moment that you're thinking about the idea, your mind is enclosed, so to speak, in this object. So there becomes this sort of like unification between you and whatever it is that you're thinking about. So then the Alter Rebbe gives an example of this that is a Torah example. And he says that this is the case. Let's say if you're learning about a certain Jewish law, a certain halacha uh, that you know, might be found in Gemara or Mishnah or something like that. So if you're learning about a certain type of law, what happens is, like we mentioned, you're grasping this idea, this law, like you really want to understand it. So you're grasping it and you're surrounding the law in your mind. And at the same time, at that moment when you're learning it, your mind becomes enraptured, enclosed, vested within this this halacha, this law that you're learning. And so now the Alter Rebbe continues with this logic, and you'll see where he's going with all of this, is he says, okay, well, so what is this law? What are these halachas? So we've explained previously that these, these laws that we have in the Torah that are all based on Torah are nothing other than the will and wisdom of God. And so when we, you know, when we learn, if you've ever learned Gemara, if you've ever learned the intricacies of Jewish law, you know that it's like a lot, a lot of details that seem very almost like mundane, that this person says this and that person says that and what do we do in this case and, you know, in this scenario or whatever. And all of these things are actually really very divine and they actually are an expression of God's will and God chose to manifest his will in these intricacies of the law in a certain way. And the Alter Rebbe goes so far as to say that this is the case even if we're talking about a very theoretical law. So you'll find if you've ever studied, again, Gemara or Halacha or any of these things, some of these things are very practical. Obviously, you know, it's like things will come up. Mistakenly put a, a spoon that you usually use for meat, for chicken soup, in a mug with your coffee that has milk in it. What do you do in that case? So that's like a very practical example that a lot of people might relate to. Maybe you've even asked your local rabbi about this if it's ever happened. But then there's also a lot of laws in Judaism that are actually really, really theoretical and may not be relevant to your life immediately and they may never be relevant to your life. So those of you who might have studied in a yeshiva may have come across this. You're learning a lot of laws and they're not very practical. So what's the case there? And the altar of it says that here too, these laws, as theoretical as they are, they are still a manifestation of God's will and wisdom. And so it's really, really a very miraculous thing that what's happening basically, and the altar of is basically emphasizing the greatness of this endeavor of studying Torah and in this way and trying to understand Torah. Because what's happening when we study Torah is that, which is actually what we're doing right now, if you think about it. So we're actually engaged in this pro process at the very moment. It's just a really, really, really miraculous, out of the ordinary, illogical or sup supra logical thing, which is that God is unfathomable and he is totally outside of our ability to understand and comprehend him. Now, and second, you know, uh, axiom that we need to keep in mind is that God and his wisdom are one and the same. So God's wisdom and God are totally intertwined, totally interconnected. There's no separation between the two of them. And then next is that God actually decided to take this unfathomable wisdom and to constrict it and to manifest it and reveal it to us into these teachings. And so that what happens is that when we learn these teachings, it kind of gives us, gives us this gateway to the unfathomable. It gives us access to that which is incomprehensible, namely God. So when we study Torah, when we study God's wisdom, and, and then we are actually tapping into his wisdom and will, which is something that 
really actually logically speaking should not happen. And so now the altruist says that this is, he wants to contrast this with the other types of mitzvahs. So these are mitzvahs, obviously when, you know, when we're studying Torah, these involve the garments of thought. So as we mentioned, there's two other garments. There's the garment of speech and there's also the garment of action. And he says that in the case of, you know, mitzvahs that we do that involve speech or action. So what happens there is that God vests the soul and surrounds it with light with the light of God from head to toe so it's a very great thing that happens anytime you do a mitzvah God is basically surrounding you from head to toe and you're being clothed in this great light of God so only is it in the case of learning Torah that this does happen as well because learning Torah is a mitzvah so as we mentioned your mind does become vested and enclosed in the light of God but then another thing happens when you use your mind in this way which does not happen in the case of those mitzvahs that involve speech and action which is that you are also encompassing the knowledge itself so so there's a little bit more intimacy that happens when we're talking about understanding God's teachings that every intellectual mind like by virtue of the fact of our it's, it might seem like a detriment in the se- in the sense that each one of our minds is very subjective and we all have different levels of understanding and IQ and you know predispositions and stuff like that but actually here the altar is explaining it in a good way and it's saying that what's unique about the human mind is each one of us has the ability to grasp God's teaching on our level in a very, very real and intimate way. And so because of this unique aspect of learning Torah, that it not only is it that the Torah becomes vested within the soul of man, but also the soul of man encompasses the Torah when we learn it, then this is why the Torah is given a very, very special name in the teachings of Judaism. Namely, it is called bread and sustenance. And the altar explains that this is just because, just like when you think about physical bread, physical food, you know, when we say bread, we really mean nourishment, food in general. So um, we, we eat. Why do we eat? We eat in order to give sustenance to the body. And the food becomes one and the same with us. It really, really becomes part of who we are whenever we eat something. You know, if you've ever heard of the phrase, you are what you eat, (laughs) you know, this is sort of related to that idea that when we consume food, the food literally becomes a part of our flesh. And the ultra uses that terminology and he, he says that when you eat, this food actually becomes your blood and your flesh and it becomes one and the same with you. So he says, so too is this the case when you understand Torah, that when you are, when you really learn Torah in a way that you really, really want to learn it and to know it, then this Torah becomes one with you and it becomes actual sustenance for your soul and it becomes its life force. And then here he brings support for this idea where he says that it says in Tehillim, there's a section of Tehillim where it says, which means, and your Torah is within my inner organs. That's in Tehillim in Psalms chapter 40, verse 9, if anybody wants to look it up. And uh, yeah, and so that's basically alluding to the fact that when we learn Torah, it really is like the nourishment for the soul and it becomes within us. It becomes a part of our inner being. And then the altar of a cites the Etzheim, which is a Kabbalistic book. And he says that this is this explains the idea that it's taught there that the clothing of the souls in Gan Eden after they pass away is the mitzvahs that they perform down here on earth. And the food, their food, their their nourishment over there is the Torah that they learned down here on earth. And specifically, it's the Torah that they learned for its own sake. 
like for not any ulterior motive. And what does this mean for its own sake? It, it means, and here the altruist cites another Kabbalistic book, the Zohar, and he says it means that they had the motive of connecting their souls to God through understanding Torah, each according to their level. So it's like we, the person really, really wanted to grasp God and understand Torah in a way that really, really, you know, that makes sense to them, not in just this superficial kind of like learning it to to do well on a test kind of thing, but really, really, really to understand. And then the ultra ends off here with a bracket, kind of like a final note. And he says that this explains why it is that the, once again, that learning Torah is so superior that it actually can be considered as equal to all of the other mitzvahs together combined. So why is that? Because if you think about the difference between food and light, so we said again that if we think of learning Torah as being food for the soul versus when we do other mitzvahs that involve speech and action, that creates this encompassing light around us. Um, so the difference is that light is an outer kind of thing that surrounds us. And and food, on the other hand, is something that's very internal. So this is why learning Torah is so superior because learning Torah, first of all, it is this very internal thing. So it's like food, like we explained. And not only that, it has the added advantage that it does advantage that it doesn't lose out because it actually is a mitzvah like the other mitzvahs. So it still has that aspect of having this encompassing light surround it and be vested within it. And then he finishes off here and he says that this is all the more so if a person studies Torah by speaking the words out loud, because when you speak the words out loud, you really do bring about this really great light, this encompassing light. And so when a person speaks words of Torah out loud, first of all, they're getting that advantage that we've talked about this whole time about learning Torah. And then they're getting this added bonus of speaking the words out loud. So then you get to involve the garments of speech as well. So that's it for today. And that's the end of chapter five. And I will speak to you tomorrow and we will begin chapter six. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.